2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night.
3: Welcome in. This is Bink at Night. Here on 610 Sports Radio. 610sports.com. My name is Chris Uno Cerro. filling in for the big guy as he was on earlier today. He was on. Uh, he was on Cody and Gold, right when they were do- We were doing the six ten day. We're mixed matching everybody. So he was on earlier today, and he's been pulling double duty this week. But uh, he needed a day off for the night. He needed a night off, so he will not be on tonight. I think he'll be back on tomorrow night. So I'm filling in. Julio Sanchez on the other side of the glass. How's it going, hard buddy? Work. I'm doing good. Uh, I was, I'm hopped up on caffeine. It's been a long work week. Uh, I had to do the Monday game when Jackson Coar got rocked. So it was a late night. Took Tuesday off because I was so tired because I was here till like almost 1.30 in the morning. So uh, yesterday I was really tired. Today I was really tired. And I, I'm on my second of these uh, double shot energy drinks. From Starbucks, we've got them in the in the uh, cafeteria. You
4: mean the one that you just spilled I just, all over the desk? I was so hyped up. That's what you're talking about. I right? was so
3: hyped up that on my my second can, I, we were talking about the show, and uh, I bumped it with my left hand, knocked it over, spilled a bunch on the desk. Four minutes before we got four in here. minutes before the show. Well done. I'm scrambling around trying to clean up the mess I just made on uh, one of the desks out there in the in the in the bullpen. So yeah, it was it was definitely. An energetic start to the night for for us, but got a lot of stuff to talk about on tonight's show. Um, talking NBA playoffs later on the show. Got a whole lot of things to to unload in that segment here. My my Phoenix Suns. Now, here we go. My Phoenix Suns. All righty, two and zero.
4: People are already tuning out. Two and
3: zero. I mean, they got two and out. We talk NBA anyways, but, <laughs> this is true. but it doesn't matter what we talk about as long as, if it's NBA. It's like oh, I'm out of here. But two and zero. In the second round over the Denver Nuggets, I'm very proud of that. As a matter of fact, um, the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, Brooklyn Nets are going to be playing in a little less than a half hour. So uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that as I'm hosting the show till 7:30. Uh, we'll also talk some Julio Jones going to Tennessee. He actually practiced today, and uh, he's adopted the number two at least in practice thus far. So we'll get into that. I, I, I got some things to say about that movement. But uh, I want to start with the big story that happened at the beginning of the week, which was Jackson Coar, the former was it supplemental first-round pick that the Royals uh, took three years ago, made his debut this past Monday a very late Monday night game that I had to produce um, and everybody was hyping it up. The Royals, they, they kind of made a deal out of it. Uh, Mike Bethany announced it during his uh, press conference after the game. I think it was Saturday. He announced that. I think what wasn't it? Cause you, you produced the game, right? Julio was it Saturday. I did. So he, he announced it and it was kind of like, oh, oh, Jackson's finally making his, his start. Cause he, Obviously, we know Singer had made his debut last year. Same thing with Chris Bubich. Those were were some big call-ups there. Everybody's been looking at the other guys with Lynch and Kowar. Lynch made his debut earlier this year, got rocked in his two starts. So now everyone was looking at Kowar. What's Kowar going to do? Is he going to come up here? Is he going to get rocked? Or is he going to kind of stabilize and turn into a good rotation guy that they can count on? And he didn't. He gave up four run runs in his first start. Uh, four run runs in the first inning. He didn't even make it out of the first inning. Two outs. Not good. Knocked out of the game. It was not good. Not I, good. I, it was funny because like I was like I got to make sure in the tweet that I put up on on it, on Twitter like ah, Jackson Core makes his debut here on 610 Sports Radio. I put that up and I was like, okay, Jackson, you got you got to do well in this game. And he goes out there first inning, gets knocked out the game. Uh, the the A's just played around with him in that inning, and it it was one of those situations. As a fan, and a lot of Royals fans are, are kind of used to this. You've been watching this team for a while. You have this young player that gets called up, a lot of fanfare behind him. Someone that that the fans are like, oh, you know, this guy could be a, a, a key player for this organization down the road. And what ends up happening is they get called up. And the first impression we get of them at the major leagues is them, if, if they're a pitcher, they get shelled. If they're a hitter, they have a terrible game. You know, they don't they don't get any hits, or maybe they get one hit, but over a stretch of a few games, they don't really do much. And obviously we we know what happened. Kawar did not do well. And it's kind of called into question some fans' views on how the Royals have handled their call-ups and whether or not these young guys are people that we should be putting our faith in as fans of the team in the long term. Some people are like, oh, well, these guys aren't as good as we advertise them to be. Some people are like, oh, well, these guys really haven't lived up to the expectations off of these small sample sizes. Oh, they're not that good. And we've seen it over the years with a lot of different players that have gotten called up. These guys come up and then they don't quite live up to the expectations. And fans overreact early on. And I feel like we don't need to be concerned about that right now. Yeah, Koard had an awful. I mean, I mean for a first start, that was as bad as it could go. And you could tell that Mike Matheny was trying to save him from even worse, and even worse uh, first inning by pulling him when he did. Because he could have kept him in there. We've seen uh, managers. We've seen Ned Yost do it. I'm pretty sure we've seen Matheny do it in the past where you got a guy in there, first inning doesn't go well, or maybe like second inning doesn't go well. They give up like four or five earned runs and leaves him out there. Just like, uh, no, you got to fix it. You got to get over it. You got to figure it out. I'm it not going to waste my lot. bullpen on you. Exactly. Like, it's like, you got to figure it out, dude. That's not what Mithini was doing with with not, he was Not with the rookie. No, it was not a, it was not a, you, you got to figure it out. Get that last out, get out of this inning, and then go into the next inning clean and, and try to mow him down. That's not what he was doing. He saw that Kohar was in danger, and he's like, I don't want to ruin this kid mentally. So he pulled him immediately. And it wasn't like, oh, this kid sucks and he can't do anything. It was a, I don't want this kid to get ruined early on by having his confidence destroyed because he had that bad outing. But it tells me that, hey, in the future, we want to be able to rely on this kid. So we, we want to give an opportunity to rebuild himself. And, and Kowar, after the game, sounded like he was in good spirits even though he just got rocked on the mound. And I, I feel like that's the way you want these guys to be after an experience like that in your first start because it's so hard to be great at baseball. It's so hard to just be a regular professional at the at, at the major league level. And it is really important for you to have a short-term memory when you do awful, terrible, whether it be at the plate on the mound, you gotta be able to to get over those bad starts, those bad uh, outings at the plate. So many guys let that get to their head, and I, I really like the fact that he did not seem to let that get to his head. We'll see what happens in his second start. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but it didn't. He didn't seem to let that get to him in his in in his first start. And I feel like we as fans shouldn't either, because for all we know, he could come out. He could be great. There's a lot of players in in baseball's history that have started out really awful, really terribly. I mean, if you remember the great Mariano Rivera, one of probably the best clothes we've ever seen in baseball, he started out as a starting pitcher. And he had an ERA almost six, like 5.58 in his rookie year. And he had like 10 starts as a rookie. I mean, he was like basically what Wade Davis was when the Royals traded for him and James Shields back in 2013 and Wade Davis was a back end starter in the rotation. And he was like the worst starting pitcher in baseball that like qualified. I mean, he was really terrible. And then he gets moved into the bullpen, develops that cutter. And all of a sudden he becomes the best closer ever. Uh, Zach Greinke and Zach Greinke actually had a pretty good rookie year, but his second year in the league, his ERA was almost six. It was like 5.8. It's things like that. You got, you got, Carlos Carrasco had an eight eighty eight eighty seven ERA as a rookie. And then we are, you know, Justin Verlander. He got a couple starts in his, uh, in his first year in the league. 11.1 innings pitched and had nine earned runs allowed. This is just part of the game. And it's something that I think we cannot be a little bit too up in arms about these guys struggling early on. I don't, I mean... Mainly the people I'm talking to are the New Money fans because the ones who've been with baseball for a long time know that this is how it is.
4: Well, yeah, I was going to say baseball is it, just – it's such a different sport when it comes to bringing up young talent. It, it really, it truly is different than the NFL, the NBA, where you can draft a guy, bring him in that next year, and a lot of times they will have a, a sudden impact. In baseball, you know, you have your, your A, AA, A affiliate. I mean, th- these guys have to work th- – there's just such a disparity between – Major League Baseball compared to the different levels of, of baseball. And it takes them longer to work themselves up and, and get get the flow of being a professional baseball player. Whereas NFL, I mean, you know, first round, second round pick, those guys are coming in. They're expected, right, to have yeah. an impact. Oh, yeah. Right. Same thing in the NBA. A top 15 draft pick. I mean, you're, you're a lottery draft pick. You're expected to come in and make an impact. Baseball is just so much different to where you can be the number one overall pick. You're still probably going to spend some time, in A League ball somewhere, and
3: that's the reason why. Like for me, it's like I people shouldn't. And it's like I said, this is mainly towards the new money fans because the the fans that have been there, the fans that were watching, uh, what was it Buddy Bell be the manager of the team back in the mid two thousands? The fans that were out here watching guys like uh, what was it uh Jimmy Gobble and and oh, Jeremy gosh. Affelt and Brandon <laughs> Duckworth pitch for the, some, of the goof, some of the goofiest names that we had you know guys like that guys who were watching guys like mark Tian play back in solid the day pulls. yeah like guys who were if you were watching baseball back then you know like we couldn't put a lot of faith in guys there was a time where we thought zach Ronkey was going to be a bust like remember when he was in the minors and he like quit baseball for like six months or whatever because <laughs> yes. because he had like a mental health breakdown or whatever you know which you know that happens i mean baseball's a lot of pressure i think what was it Forrest Griffin, I think it was one of the minor league pitchers for the Royals. He had the same thing happen yep. a few years ago and he was out of baseball for a little bit, like stuff like that happens. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get anybody on getting on anybody like that, but this, this happens. So the fact that we are in a position now where we have so many guys that we can like really look at and be like, okay, we got, we got something here. We we got, we got, a good group of guys down in the minors. We got guys like Prado. We got guys like Bobby Witt Jr. that we can we can look at and be be happy about years down the line, or even a few months down the line. But we shouldn't hold too much to their early successes or failures because baseball is one of those sports where even whatever happens early on in your career is not indicative of what hap- what's going to happen later. Look at Angel Burrow. Onhel Burrow, rookie of the year. After that, he was trash. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was trash. I liked on Hill too, but he was hot trash after that rookie year. I, I want to get into something here before we get to break. You remember the last time we did overtime before the pandemic hit and everything. And uh, we talked about the Astros cheating scandal and you and Jilligan hated my point. You guys hated my point. Cause I said, I do not care about what the Astros did because that's what baseball, that's what happens in baseball. Happens all the damn time. Everybody's trying to cheat somehow, some way. So many teams have been accused of stealing signs. Now, obviously, the sophistication of this sign-stealing ring that the Astros had is way beyond comprehension. Nobody thought that that was going to happen. But I will say this. We have another example of why we should not get up in arms about people cheating so much in baseball. Because right now, they got a, a quiet controversy happening where you have all of these pitchers that are being accused of using foreign substances in order to increase their spin rate on their on their pitches
4: and what's it doing to the game it's causing what's it doing to the game right now the we have seen it's causing me not to wa- want to watch it that's it's, what it's doing it is
3: it means it's also they dejuice the balls too but right now the spin rate is so high on some of these pitches where it's like was that 2500 rpm is is sure. what it, which is I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but that sounds like a really hard baseball to hit. And statistics prove that as well. Most of most, uh, these pitches are like somewhere between 2,200 and 2,350 RPM for like fastballs. So like 2,500 is, you know, usually unheard of. Well, now you got guys being accused of using foreign substances. There was a, a St. Louis Cardinals pitcher that got his hat taken by Joe. Not West. accused. Prove it. <laughs> he had his Prove hat it. taken by Joe West because he had a stain on it that looked like it was from a foreign substance. And then you got Garrett Cole, who was accused by Josh Donaldson of using foreign substances to increase the spin rate. Trevor Brower has also been accused of this as well. Uh, listen here to uh, Garrett Cole as he is asked. Whether or not he's using oh this boy. special substance known as spider tack.
1: Have you ever used spider tack while pitching?
3: Um, I don't. <laughs> um, get the silent. It's still playing, I though. don't
4: know. I, so I, awkward. I don't know if, uh... It's a yes. I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean... There are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh,
1: in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and,
3: and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. And this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have, um, because, Ultimately we start with pulling in the same direction.
4: <laughs> so basically this, a lot of nonsense. this is a whole
3: lot of dodging the question. This is like when they shoot at their feet Here, and they let, dance around the bullets. Let, let me answer the question for him. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes he did. He that, that's it. that's what that's what we mean, right? That's, that's basically what, what Garrett Cole is saying yeah. is yes, I use that stuff, but I don't want to admit I use that stuff. And not only did I use that stuff, everybody I know used that stuff from that taught me how to be a
4: major league pitcher. Right? Like I feel like if he didn't use it it would have been a quick answer. No. Yeah. You would have denied it on the spot. I mean, that was so awkward. Well, yeah. Because Those pauses, like he's just, <laughs> he's finding a way to word it to not make him seem guilty. And Look, it made him seem more. It seemed him, It made him seem more. It seemed more sinister. The fact that he he was
3: unwilling to say no, uh, but he was also unwilling to say yes. You know, it was, it was even more sinister. And Here's the thing. I can understand where he's just coming yes. from in that regard. Just say yes. I, I have a hard time lying. I'm a am a horrific liar. I hate it. It hurts my soul to lie because I, like I said, I, I've I've always been
4: someone who's been brutally honest with people. You need so to lie more, actually. I'm gonna say that you're too maybe. too honest sometimes. Sometimes white lies I, are okay. I, I mean, I you don't I, have to be. Fully there is blunt the occasional white lie I
3: use. There is the occasional white lie, especially when you're in a relationship for you know a year and <laughs> a half. Now for me, you gotta you gotta learn to to use those yes. white lies. You just can't use them all the time. But, you know, I, I always prefer to be as honest as possible. but just, like, soften the blow a bit. He sounds like a person just like me who, like, whenever they have to tell an uncomfortable truth, they try to word it as, he's dancing as around softly as possible. Yeah,
4: he's dancing. He's trying to soften you up. But he proves
3: my point when he said that all these old guys taught me how to do it. It, I've been saying that. And he's pointing fingers. He's pointing fingers at other guys. But he basically said, all these old guys taught me how to do it. Dude, this game's all about cheating. Seriously. Well, everyone else did it. so Everyone else did it, it so along. I did it that's my point. That's my point. All of these guys learned how to do it. Like when Alex Rodriguez admitted to taking steroids, he didn't just say, oh, well, you know, uh, a doctor recommended to me as a way to help my performance. He was like, no, every one of these guys in the minor leagues is using it. So if I want to get out of the minor leagues and go be a great player in Major League Baseball, I got to use it too. And when you look at the results of the Mitchell report, when you saw all these huge names, Roger Clemens, uh, uh, Barry Bonds on this list, and it's like, oh, wow, all the great guys were using, or almost all the guy, great guys were using it back then. I guess I got to use it if I want to keep up with the Joneses. To me, this is another example of that. And Dallas Braden, former uh, Major League Baseball pitcher, used to pitch for the A's. I think he threw a perfect game with them. Um, he basically admitted, yeah, we everybody uses it. It's just a matter of how sticky is the stuff. If and, it's, and that stuff's illegal, mind you. But the fact that all these guys admit that, hey, we've been breaking the rules for years, it goes back to my Or not point. admit. Or not L- let's admit. Let's just ride the. F- like, R- I would have had
4: much more respect if he would have just said, Yeah. Yes, I did it. We've been taught to do this. This is just yeah. ingrained in baseball. Like, it's okay if he would have just owned it and then pointed the finger, but the fact that he didn't own it and then wants to point the finger, yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's my point, though, is that baseball has
3: had a history of cheating for generations, for decades, for over a century now. It's a bunch of cheating. So it was like, I'm not going to get mad at a pe- group <laughs> of people getting caught cheating. Like, I understand the players being mad. If you're a player and you've been doing things the right way, like Whit Merrifield, who was pissed about that Astros game. Oh, yeah. oh, he had yeah. every right to be pissed because from everything that we have seen, he he plays baseball the right way. But you can't say that about every one of those guys. And because of that, I as a fan can't get mad at somebody out there trying to get an advantage when they feel like everyone's trying to get an advantage. I can. Coming up next. I'm going to tell you why I don't think Julio is going to have as big of an impact in Tennessee
1: as a lot of people do.
0: Big at night. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610Sports.com. Chris Unocero filling in for Bink. Till seven thirty, then Josh Vernier takes over with Vern's on deck show as he gets you ready for the first in the series against the Oakland Athletics. Are on top of the AL West right now. It's a very, very big series for the Royals if they can get a win or even just get a split here. Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. You know they're the they're they. Twice this year, the Royals have had a five-game winning streak and a five-game losing streak. Twice this year. So they've been a, the roller coaster I think many of us thought they would be this year. Um, we'll see if they can go back up and see if they can kind of stay on that ascension, if you will. But Josh you will have you at 730. He gets you ready for that 840 or 8, 837 they they have weird times in the West Coast. 8.37 first pitch here on 6 Sports Radio. Uh, you're thrilled I'm for that, thrilled yeah, for it. <laughs> yeah, because you got the game tonight, and then That's I got right. I got tomorrow's game. So I'm going to be on here producing for Bink tomorrow night till seven thirty, and then uh, Vern will come on at at, at seven thirty. Then uh, I did this past Monday's game. Oh man, I had to take the next day off. <laughs> like there's no way I'm about to work my day job. Producer ride. life is rough, man. It's rough. It, it's not even that rough. It's just. The West Coast week. West Coast Week is the worst week. And so many people try to get those shifts filled on West Coast week because everyone knows they're gonna be it, it's it's too harrowing of a week. It's the only time I don't like my job here. Yeah. The only yeah. time. Oh, cause yeah, because we're here. It's 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 the week where people are like, Hey, do you wanna fill in me on Because I don't wanna I don't wanna be up here till one, two in the morning trying to I did produce each or... I
4: did do that. Yeah, you did do me. <laughs> I did you dirty. You yeah, did it's me fine. dirty. I had to cover for it's him fine. on Friday.
3: <laughs> But uh, a couple of people on the uh, on the uh, Jay Southland uh, Tow Service text line, which is nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Yeah, Duffy quit baseball a little while a little while too in the in the minors. Yes, he uh, he did do that for a little bit. Um, so the Royals have had a history. Uh, so somebody also corrected me. It was Foster Griffin. Uh, I, I said Forrest Griffin, but uh, Foster. It was one and two. It was close. It's like an anagram. <laughs> it was pretty enough. close. It was close enough. I, I really wanted... I was really like, is it Foster or Forrest? When it came in my
4: head, I was like, nah, it's Forrest. It's a solid pull either way. It's it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, a, it's an
3: obscure pull because he I, I, he hasn't really done anything. so. Um, he was thought to have to have been a, a pretty good prospect at one point, but yeah, n- not since. But I want to get into this uh, Julio Jones situation. Julio Jones, uh, as the uh, internet cliche has become, the, the news broke the internet earlier this week when it was announced that he was being traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. Um, and so now there's been this, Big narrative that you've seen in the media. Uh, PFF had a, a post about this. I think this was, I think it was Monday, and I tweeted out against it, um, basically saying, well, what, what trio is better? Is this the best trio in all of the NFL with Julio Jones, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry? And look, I understand. Like, from a Madden standpoint, and I talked about this on Monday with Bink, from a Madden standpoint, if you take it with the whole, uh, just from a talent standpoint, what he's done in his career and you compare him to other receivers in the league. He's been one of the best receivers in the league for, you know, better part of a decade. And I can certainly understand the hype around this because Titans let Corey, Corey Davis go. Uh, he went to the jets. They let John o. Smith go to the Patriots. They got AJ Brown. It looks like he's just the only guy that can throw to And now they add in Julio Jones, one of the best receivers we've seen in the last decade. And then on top of that, you still have the best running back in football in Derrick Henry. So I understand the hype. The problem though, is that first off Julio Jones is 32 years old. And he just came off a season where he barely played half the year because of hamstring issues. You don't, generally get healthier as you get older. Once you start getting injury problems in the sport of football, which is barbaric, gladiatorial, guys get hurt all the time, it, it it definitely takes its toll on your body. Once you get older, you start getting hurt. You typically don't get healthier once you get into your 30s. Once you get into your 30s, you start getting those injuries. They just don't go away. I mean, it's, it's happened for so many players out there, especially for position players who are getting hit a lot. Quarterbacks, you know, you can see that happening. Quarterbacks, you've got a good offensive line. You don't get hit a lot. You can get healthier. We've seen that happen with different guys. We just saw that with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers in the last few years had a history of getting hurt. Then this past season, healthy all year long, uh, doesn't take a, a, a bunch of hits, and he goes out and wins the MVP. So it's understandable. You know, Patrick Mahomes has kind of had an injury issue. He had an injury problem in his first few years You expect this year, with the offensive line being what it is, that he probably doesn't have that issue. With that being said, though, Julio is in a position where he's going to get hit. If he gets a lot of targets, he's going to get hit. Unless he just breaks one to the house every time, or he steps out of bounds before he can get touched, he's going to get hit. And at some point, he's going to get hurt. So it's a little naive to expect to get the same Julio that we've been getting the last few years pre-injury issues. Then you also have the issue of the quarterback problem, which to me is probably the biggest thing that separates the Tennessee Titans from teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Bills. Ryan Tannehill ain't on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. He ain't on the same level as Josh Allen. I don't even know if he's on the same level as... uh, I don't think he's on the same level as Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's on the same level as... Maybe even not Baker Mayfield. I don't even like Baker Mayfield. But I still... I think I'd kind of lean Baker over Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how many people agree with me on that. And maybe you would take Tannehill over over uh, Baker Mayfield. But I sure as hell won't. To me, Tannehill is just like a step up from what Alex Smith was. He'll throw the football down the field more. He's not one of those guys that's gun shy. He's not afraid to throw a pass 10 yards.
4: You're disrespecting Alex Smith right now.
3: I mean, is that any different than what I normally do?
4: No, it sounds about on par
3: with you. (laughs) But but like, is he is he any different from Alex besides he's not afraid to throw past 10 yards? That's the only difference. But he's not one of these guys that just makes guys better. He's not one of those guys that you're gonna be like, okay, this guy's gonna make us plays to win. He needs Derrick Henry to get going. When Derrick Henry goes, he goes. Well, what happens because I was talking about this with Speck earlier before the show. Derrick Henry's been, been getting used a lot the last couple seasons. He's got over 700 touches a lot of the last that, two seasons. Tires. Last two seasons, 700 touches. Last year, almost 400 touches. He's like 398. A lot of damn touches that Derrick Henry's had just the last couple years. He's 27 years old. Just turned 27 January 4th. What's going to happen once he starts getting some wear and tear? Yeah, he already has wear and tear. He's, oh, yeah. He's there. But what happens if he takes a good hit, maybe sprains his ankle? Ryan Tannehill's not going to be the same quarterback if he's handing it off to a running back not named Derrick Henry. I don't even know who the hell the running back behind him is. Like, if you're handing it off to someone not named Derrick Henry, who's the best running back in football right now, it changes your offense. You're not going to become pass first. Let's throw to AJ. Let's throw to Julio. A combined twenty times a game, twenty five times a game, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go off with those guys. You're not. At a, Ferkser is not going to become a, a great tight end out of nowhere. They don't have the firepower from the quarterback position to match what they've got in that receiving core. And especially if they lose Derrick Henry, it changes everything for their offense. So I understand why people look at these two receivers and this running back and like, oh, my God, there's so much talent. The quarterback is still the most important position on the field. There's a reason why even with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey on that Chiefs offense in 2017, the Chiefs still at one point during the season looked like they didn't even deserve to make the playoffs because of what their quarterback position was. And early on, they looked great. Alex Smith, then in the middle of the season, started to slow down, looked terrible for a while. Everybody, including myself, was calling for Mahomes to take over. And then at the end of the season, he fixed things until they got to the playoffs and then they choked. But that, to me, is what you'd be with if you were a Titans team that couldn't rely on Derrick Henry and you had to rely on those receivers and you had to rely on Ryan Tannehill. I just don't think that that's a winning formula. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think that that's a winning formula for Tennessee. They could probably they're probably going to be a playoff team, you know, provided Derrick Henry stays healthy. I got a hard time believing that they're they're going to be a top tier elite offense if Derrick Henry gets hurt, or even or even really if Ryan Tannehill doesn't step his game up beyond what he is. So I, I understand the hype. I just don't think that he's going to have as big of an impact as people are making him out to be. Coming up next. The NCAA is trying to do something right. We'll talk about it next.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
3: Here on Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez, producing on the other side of the glass. We got you till 730. So about 45 minutes here until Vern takes over with Vern's On Deck Show. Gets you ready for some late night West Coast baseball. Starting at 837 against the A's. Here on your home for the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. Jay Southland Toast Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten Dan and KCK the the mercenary here texting in Royals will turn it around. I said four wins. Uh, I said which I'll take four wins here in this series. <laughs> I'll take those four I'll wins. I'll take here. a win. I'll take a win, but I'll, I'll definitely take four. You want to give me four wins in this series? I'll take it. Uh, Matt Ryan going to stay with Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's what thirty seven. I think 37, 38, something like that. He's getting up there. He's getting up there. And there's been talk of them replacing him with someone else, you know, in the, in the near future. But uh, I think he'll do fine. He's got, he's got my boy Kyle Pitts from Florida. So uh, I think he'll be just fine. He's got Calvin Ridley. No, he won't. Yeah, he will. Can't, no, he won't. Yeah, who? They're lucky if they're they're gonna be lucky if they win five games. I mean, they're gonna suck. They're but, gonna be awful. But he's gonna put up some numbers with Calvin Ridley, who's gonna be like a true number one fantasy receiver this defense year. Defense is awful. Their defense sucks, and that's why it's gonna matter for for Matt Ryan to put up those points because he's gonna be throwing the ball down the field trying to catch up. They don't have Todd Gurley. That, Todd Gurley couldn't play anyways. Those knees, he couldn't play anyways. <laughs> they might be better off than they all, Todd Gurley. So yes, yes, Matt Ryan's going to stay. He's going to put up monster numbers this year. They're not going to win very many games because of the fact that their defense is trash. But I, I want to get into the uh, news that broke today, this afternoon, about the college football playoff. The NCAA is trying to Uh, They're considering expanding the college football playoff, not to eight teams. Like I think everybody was hoping for at the very least, but to 12. And I love that idea. I think it is. I mean, to be honest, you can give me 16 if you want. If you want to give me 16, I will take it. No questions asked. Let's do it. But to me, 12 is a great number as well. It's much better than the eight that we proposed. And and this is the reason why they need to expand the college football playoff. The problem with college football compared to other sports is that you cannot make a case that it's a meritocracy. You cannot make a case that teams getting into the college football playoff earned their way in. They got in because... A group of voters thought they were the best. A group of, a committee of people thought they were the best. That's it. And so the college football playoff is basically still the same system they used back then with BCS. It was all a popularity contest, it was computers uh, basically telling you that. You know, these two teams are the two best teams in the nation. Doesn't matter what conference they're in. Doesn't matter what they accomplished. They're the two best teams because we think that the teams that they beat during their schedule are the best collection of teams that they beat. Therefore, that's the reason why they deserve to get in. And that to me is just not good enough. If you look at every other sport, you look at the, oh, well, my, my Siri, <laughs> my Siri decided it was going to start uh, trying to trying to talk for me. But if you look at every other sport, you look at the NFL, look at the NBA, Major League Baseball, every other sport, every one of those sports, it's always you got to earn your way into the championship for that sport. You got to earn your way into the playoffs. You don't just get in. You're not just like oh well we think you're you're one of the best teams so you're in you gotta earn your way in either you qualify because you win your division or you qualify because you had a certain number of wins and you get a wild card spot there is no well we think you're good so you get in that to me is how they need to do it with college football playoff. All the Power Five winners, regardless of record, you win your conference. Power Five, you're in automatically. You get an auto bid. It's the same thing that happens in the NCAA uh, with basketball in their tournament. You win your conference tournament, you're into the dance. That's what we need to do with uh, the college football playoff. You win your Power Five conference, you're in. And then after that, and and regardless of whether you want to do regular season or the championship, you're in. I think you should. Conference championship games, you win that, you're in, auto-bid. After that, you got seven at-large bids, and from there, you can do the popularity contest aspect if you want because that's how they do it in college basketball. Anyways, they generally have a, a a popularity contest aspect to it, so why not just do that? Why not just have the seven teams that we think are the best outside of the conference championship winners, they get in, and all of a sudden now we finally get some opportunities here. You can give those mid-majors, those Cincinnati's, those UCF's from the past. You can give schools like that opportunities. Remember Boise State, what was it, well over a decade ago, back when they had, like, Kellen Moore as their starting quarterback, and we were like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if they got a shot at the national title. You can do that now. If you remember the SEC championship game last well, or. Yeah, it was late last year. My Gators almost upset the the Oklahoma, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They almost upset them. Think about what would have happened if that game happens, and then all of a sudden you get a rematch in the college football playoff instead of one of these meaningless bowl games that don't mean anything that nobody watches. That would be more fun. You could have more bowl games mean something as opposed to, uh, throwing out these matchups that no one cares about not not even the fans of the teams care about unless it's a New Year's Day bowl
4: can so, I can I just say this yeah uh okay th- th- this is what pisses me off about this situation yeah right and, and I appreciate you giving the NCAA credit yeah but let's not give them credit this is what pisses me off is <laughs> them coming up with this bright idea that the rest of us have been saying for the last five plus years yeah Right. No, let's let's instead let's go to this 14 playoff because we're smarter than everyone else. Oh, now let's have a 12 team playoff. And it's our idea. No one said that. We're we're just smarter than everyone. No, we've been saying that. Welcome to the club. No, I'm not giving the NCAA credit for this. <laughs> this is not their idea. They just wanted to wait a little while to make it seem like they are smarter than everyone else. At least they get no credit for
3: me. At least they're not doing the eight. I mean, they're doing twelve. They're going above I'm and beyond by people by ask me. Right. I was, I was surprised by the twelve. I, I'm surprised. By I, that. If you would asked, if they just said six, I'd have been like, yeah, that's it. That's the NCAA right there. They do like that, the NFL yeah. does. Let's do a half ass Yeah, Everything let's half-ass. do it half ass Let's do six, and then the top two get a get a bye. Like they could have done that, but that, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna do a full twelve, and then maybe like the top four get a buy, and then the then you have the other eight play out. They can go to hell. Yeah, like uh, I'm a, I'm gonna give them at least that for going above and no beyond what we that. were asking or expecting from
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Final few minutes of the 6 o'clock hour. Here on Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, Christian Ocero. Julio Sanchez. I need to take these glasses off because I keep steaming them up. Them hot takes. Oh, we have right. hot takes. It's hot, hot in here, takes it's hot here, bro. It's hot here. Hot breath, hot takes. I don't have hot breath, but I got them hot takes. So I want to give you uh, some quick takes here in the final few minutes of the hour on the NBA playoffs. It's going to be like five minutes here because we got to get to the top of the, the hour. NBA. That's all I get. I get five minutes. Whenever I get to get on there, I get five minutes for the NBA and that's it. So right now we got Bucks and Nets on game 3. The uh the the Nets just have been destroying the Bucks in the first two games. embarrassing. It's uh, embarrassing. Now right now like the, the 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 Nets just got their first bucket. They're uh they're down by 7 right now, but we all know they're going to come back. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not big. be good. Giannis probably might not win a title if he continues playing for the most. Not, yeah, not <laughs> staying in Milwaukee. He, no. he might not win a title there. The Nets right now look so damn good. I mean, they look like the, what the Warriors did when they were just running through the playoffs a few years ago when it, when they had KD, Kyrie. I'm mean not Kyrie. KD, Steph, and, and Clay. They looked unstoppable. That's kind of... I mean, the Nets don't have Harden right now because he's got that hamstring injury. Pretty darn close to that, though. But, yeah, they... I mean, they're, this was the matchup that everybody was anticipating, and the Bucks don't look like they belong in this in the playoffs at all. They look like the Heat did when the Heat played the Bucs in the first round. I mean, this is has not been very competitive. Maybe it was just because they were playing up in, in Brooklyn, but but damn, the the Bucks really don't look like they, they deserve. They don't. They don't have. They don't have a number two. No, I mean Chris Middleton is not. If Chris Middleton is the guy yeah. that you're counting on <laughs> right. to to be your number He's a two good player. Scorer.
4: He's a good role player, but he's not number two.
3: He's <laughs> a three or four. You're counting on Chris Middleton to be your your second scorer. Uh, that yeah, that's that's how you know there's a problem there. And if I'm Giannis, I'm looking at potentially getting moved. I'm trying to cause. He just resigned. I know he's it, not going it, anywhere. And he was dumb for making that. move. That was dumb. He should have just forced his way out. Like I'm not wearing the green and gold again. Get me out of here. Trade me some. Trade me to Golden State or wherever, trade me to Phoenix. And I him. Yeah, he did. What? No, nah, he, he didn't get catfished. He knew he what he was got catfished. Saying. They, they cat made fish. him all these
4: promises. They told him all these things they were going to do. They are going to get him a number two, all this, and he resigned thinking that's what they were going to do, and they catfished him. No, nah, that's on
3: him. He got to hold them to that.
4: He got to.
3: You got to hold them to that. You're like, nah, you got to do it first before I do it. Like, if you talk to a chick on the internet, she ain't got no picture on her Tinder profile or whatever, and you don't ask for a picture, and then she turns out to not be your type, that's on you. Like he didn't he didn't use his leverage to force them to get them the player that they wanted. They were just like I oh, will re-sign Chris Middleton to too much money. And look <laughs> at them now. Yep. LeBron James after that showing in that series, I know he had the ankle injury and whatnot, but I don't know if he's going to be the MJ LeBron that we've seen the last few years. I think he might be Magic Johnson. LeBron now for the rest of his career, I mean, he's 36 he and older, yeah. 37 in December. So he's probably just going to be magic Johnson, which means that they're going to need another star there who can keep up the scoring load. Cause he didn't look like he could be counted on to score when you need him to,
4: well, and he's going to keep getting hurt. Let, well, and let's be fair, right? After the bubble last year with had, them playing, I mean, four, four months to turnaround, four months to rest. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that went into them. Crapping yeah. the bed in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean sure.
3: they they the, the biggest factor is that they ran into my sons. No, and uh, we go. Yeah, You're final couple transition. final minute here oh on, on in the hour before we get to the top of the hour in Julio's white pits. My sons are legit. If y'all watched that game last night, oh man. Oh man. I was sitting there in the living room watching that game and I, I expected them to win, but man, they just ran the nuggets off the floor. They just ran them off the floor. They didn't look like they belonged in that in that game. I, the, I mean, mind you, they was, don't. Mind you, this was the day after uh Joker got awarded the NBA MVP. I mean, this was supposed to be his day where he shows off. And like statistically, he didn't have a bad game. Neither, neither did he have a bad game in the first game. But man. Nobody else showed up. Michael Porter Jr. was awful. Missed his first seven shots. He's hurt. Surprise,
4: surprise. His back. Yeah,
3: his, his back. hurt again. Oh, surprise. Ooh, shocker. It, like, he was so bad in that game. Not only that, but then you have nobody else out there. Paul Millsap just fouling guys, just running guys, ramming guys with his shoulder when he came off the bench. Nobody is hitting shots. Besides Joker. And Joker's not even shooting that well. No, Aiden's playing well. Aiden's been, I mean. He's been holding them. Aiden is a grown-ass man. Yeah, man. I was was telling Vern this last week. He is a grown-ass man. And that is is one of those guys, like, there's not a lot of big men, I think, could play very well in the the older era of basketball when big men were back to the basket, fighting over rebounds, and you had to be tough and strong because you were going to get hit a lot. Aiden could play. 30 years ago he could play and he would be very very good because he's built for it ain't a whole lot of guys that are built for it but he would be he would be a problem if he played 25 30 years ago coming up next is julio's web hits
0: bink at night football energy drinks beer more football welcome to bink at night
3: We got 26 and a half minutes left before Josh Vernier takes over with Vern's on deck show 730 as he gets you ready for game one between the Royals and the Oakland Athletics. So make sure you stay tuned here on 610 Sports Radio 837 first pitch on the West Coast in the Bay Area. I'm Kristen Ocero Julio Sanchez on the other side producing this whole thing The Jay Southland tow service text line is nine, one, three, five, seven, six, seven, six, ten. Dan from KCK clarified himself. Uh, He said 94 wins for the Royals. Uh, That is a bold prediction. I I had it at 80 and that actually was really high. (laughs) No, no, no. Have that energy, Dan. Have that energy, Dan, because that's what we need. Someone has to. We need people with energy. Somebody also on the text line said that Tannehill is a top five quarterback. The only people that think Tannehill is a top five quarterback are Titans fans. Like t- Ryan Tannehill. To be even fair,
4: th- they said top five AFC quarterback. Top five
3: AFC. That's still a hot take. Borderline. But that's a that's a take I wouldn't even touch. It's, and it's, you already know I, I'd be about them hot takes. Yeah, you do. I'd be that that that's a take I would never ever touch ever. Not with a ten foot pole at all. There is no way that he's a top five quarterback in the AFC. Not. There is no way he's he. If he was that good, they'd have gone further in the playoffs last year. Uh, but yeah. Make sure that you text in with us. Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. Let's get to Julio's web hits.
4: Text line, don't text in if you're going to give us crap for talking literally five minutes of NBA. Five minutes of NBA. Can I just say that? Text line, I'm disappointed in you. Five minutes of the NBA. There's never a time to talk NBA except for now when they're in the playoffs. Yes. And we can't even spend five minutes talking about it. We didn't talk about those slam dunk contests. We didn't talk about that. No, no. We, you guys are the worst. The worst. The worst. Anyways, border war showdown. Is that what we're calling it now? I, I think know. it's the
3: border showdown. Yeah. I think they wanted to make it politically correct, so it's the border showdown. But I always call it the border war.
4: We're, we're gonna we're gonna go with it. Uh First game between the old rivals will now be played on December eleventh, twenty twenty one. Are you excited or not? December 9th.
3: Is it December 11th? I, I got 11th. I wrote it down. there's a controversy. I got this off their, their website, so they're lying to one of us.
4: It's close enough.
3: But I am excited about this matchup. I am a former KU basketball fan.
4: Former. Former, yeah.
3: You're I were never uh, really a fan. I was. The I, was a,
4: I was a fan of that team for like Wish. 15 years. Wishy-washy nonsense. Get out of here. It was
3: after the, Drew, the, the Andrew Wiggins thing. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. But, man, I will say this. This makes me want to root for KU again just for one night a year because I hate Mizzou's bad. I hate Mizzou sports in general. I hate their football team because their fans are entitled, even though they're not good. And i all right. No, they're not. They're the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> I went to school there. I know. They're the, they're the worst fan. They're, they think they're way better than they really are. I hate Mizzou fan. And it's going to be like a bunch of Mizzou people. text. Oh, that's why your school sucks. I'm a Florida fan. We got national titles. Get out of here. Oh but gosh. I'm telling you, man, this is the one night – I might I might come out of retirement and be a KU fan for one night just to enjoy watching the the sad faces of Mizzou fans when they when they lose at the fog again and they know what it feels like. When they had that rivalry back in the day, oh, to man, get their hearts broken, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then when they get that occasional win, they celebrate it like they won the national title, and they run the streets of Columbia, and they flip over cars, and they bust windows down in, in uh, off of Main Street in downtown Columbia. Yeah,
4: that's how that's how it is out there. And then they make it as a two seed into the NCAA tournament and lose what in the first round. Uh, two seed might you be know. low.
3: I mean, that that was like what you once, know. maybe twice yeah. they did it. Yep. Yeah, they lose the Norfolk State. It's a very Mizzou thing to do. <laughs>
4: but as a as a KU fan, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll accept I'll accept you as a wishwash fan. Yeah, I was a, only because it's against Mizzou. Yeah, it's we'll, just we'll, the, we'll take it. I'm just it's I'm a temporary point, fan.
3: You can give me a, a like a one day pass to be a KU fan again. I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'll be happy about it. And then I'll go back to, you know, throwing shade at KU fans for always claiming that their team is the worst team that that, that Bill Self's ever had every year, even though they go to the That's final they four. Start out. That's how the, they start out. They always start out the as the Self worst KU magic. team. Yeah, and they're always the worst. It's always the worst team at KU. This,
4: mean, this Last year was kind of the Last, year, though, was. last year was. Last year they had every the reason
3: to believe that. But, like, two years ago it was until they canceled the tournament and then they, oh, we're the unofficial 2020 champions. Yeah, that's that's how it is for KU fans. I mean,
4: I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Who's next? Alex Smith. He's uh, he's being courted here. Awfully popular guy by four different networks, as in for an analyst job. Look, Alex Smith is one of those
3: guys that you can't imagine has that much interesting things to say about football. He's a super I think nice you're dude. You're wrong, man. Hey, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was just. He was chiefed up. He was, he was uh, Andy reid up. And you know how Andy Reid is with his players. I mean, like, there's defensive players he don't really care. But his quarterbacks, oh, he don't want them saying a damn thing. He don't want them saying anything controversial. Like, he is like, hey, we're going to be humble. Uh, every time he talks about an opposing team, it is with the utmost respect. It could be the 0-16 Browns. Utmost respect about that team. They're really good. They're really talented. They got all these great players. He has the utmost respect for every team, even the most trash teams out there. He'll never say anything controversial. You, you just and he has trained his quarterbacks to be the hater. same way. Like I don't You're know, such a Smith Alex, hater. This is the dude that you came out and an said Smith-hater. He's the guy that that couldn't answer a question very well about what are some of his favorite
4: Thanksgiving turkey. He's the turkey, guy. He's the he's turkey, the turkey jumps guy. out guy. He said turkey jumps out. Yeah, that's but, all he has. Here's my thing. Look, what was Alec, what was the strongest part of Alex Smith's game? And, and, and he was the consummate professional and, that, and yes. the way he spoke, right, is is really more or less what you want from a quarterback. So I'm not going to fault him for that. I agree. But the strongest part of his game was what? Was mentally. Yeah. Right? It wasn't it wasn't his physical skill set. <laughs> that was definitely not the <laughs> no, case. No, no definitely, that was not. definitely not. But he <laughs> he played so long was so effective as an NFL quarterback because he knows the game. He's a very smart guy. He knows that playbook in and out. He knows the game in and out. And so that part really does intrigue me. And I I think without having those handcuffs on, he's a smart guy. He knows what he can or can't say. And maybe taking those handcuffs off and being more of an analyst role, maybe we'll get a little bit more personality than than what he gave us during those boring, boring (laughs) boring-ass
3: interviews. (laughs) He is a consummate nice guy, consummate professional. I can't imagine him saying anything controversial. And you know how it is. You work in our field. You got to say some stuff that people think are dumb sometimes. You, you do. You got to piss some people off. I. You remember last, last time we did overtime and I had my take about the Astros and somebody like wrote in on our Facebook page. They wrote like an essay hating on me talking trash on me. I mean, they were pissed. They wrote an essay on me. Like I took that with pride. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's how, you know, you wrote a letter on me. You
4: spent probably 30 minutes writing that on your phone before you sent that to our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the controversial person if you have someone else to do it for you. Yeah, so but thank you, you still you so still gotta you.
3: you still gotta piss some people off sometimes. You make Alex, me look Smith good gonna, you. Alex Smith ain't gonna Alex piss nobody off with his takes.
4: And if you ain't pissing nobody, if you ain't pissing off a single person with yeah, your but takes, he's an analyst. He's not a, like a, a host of a show. Or yeah, something. but he, he doesn't have to be controversial. But they're gonna want he him just to, has to say analyze the game.
3: For they're us. gonna want him to say something because they that's how you know ESPN does. If, if it's ESPN, they want him to say so something. CBS. Something. Or see, even then, they're going to want him to say something. They're going to want some headlines. If he goes out there and just says nothing, they're going to be like, oh, well, you suck. We'll just go find someone else that can say
4: something. Can't be any worse than Burger McFarlane.
3: Yeah, you can't be worse than Booger. As long as you're better than Booger. Right. But even
4: then, Booger's like, <laughs>
3: Booger's so bad that he's entertaining. He a to watch. Ones, uh, he's entertaining. He did Popeye's biscuit. Come on. Come on, bro. That he was said, classic. Popeye's biscuit away from me. One of time. my favorite.
4: <laughs> that is still a strong line from Booger. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> What's next? Former Houston Texan and current Denver Broncos cornerback Kareem Jackson was on to Talib's podcast. Had some... Uh, Views on where Deshaun Watson goes. Some insider information. Let's take a listen.
3: I got a great relationship with Deshaun. I've been talking to him the last couple of weeks, man, and and like all he's been all he's been telling me is like, look, Jack, just tell him like Come that's why I want to
4: be. Like he like that's why I want to be. I'm like man, he see
3: the setup, the line straight. He see the setup.
4: He he like man, listen, that's why I, he like I want to be in Denver. I want. He's like in in like during the time where i was going through you know my little free agency thing on end, and i end up signing back here before i signed he called he was like man are you gonna sign i was like i don't know i ain't sure yet He was like well
3: you know let me know what you're gonna do whatever whatever and i signed back he's like listen man tell him that i i want to be in Denver. So i'm like hey man
4: hey y'all hear it man you know what shine would be y'all hear here y'all here we catch fame, baby <laughs> Catching fades, baby. Catching fades.
3: Oh, they do be catching fades because they be getting faded every time they play the Chiefs. (laughs) That's well played. (laughs) They catch them fades every time they come to Arrowhead or Arrowhead goes over to Denver. They catch a fade every single time. (laughs) He is is 100% right. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't know why anybody wants to go to Denver. You got to play Mahomes twice a year. Like, I understand you could be confident in your abilities as a quarterback. But there's a time and place you got to understand that you don't want to play this guy twice a year. Like if I like Matt Stafford like certainly he didn't he obviously, you know, didn't know the controversy was going to blow up the way it did with the Packers. But he had to have hated to have to
4: play Aaron Rodgers twice every single year. That had to hurt him. Well, and and not to mention if Justin Herbert lives up to his his, his you got to play him twice a year. That's what I'm saying. You got to play him twice a year. And if the Raiders ever get a quarterback, you got to play
3: him That's twice not a year. Happen. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna happen. But I mean, there's a hypothetical here. It could happen. Really, maybe it's a, it's a. It's a. I mean, it's, it's real off the car. deep end there. But it could happen. Think about it. I would not want to play Mahomes twice a year at all ever, unless it's regular season and then another game in the playoffs. That's it. Ain't no damn way I'd want to play him twice a year in division. I try to stay the hell away from him. If I were Deshaun, I'd be like, no, no, trade me to the NFC. Let me see if I can do do it over there. Maybe I can beat old-ass Tom Brady. You know, maybe what ha- whatever happens with Aaron, maybe he decides not to play anymore. Maybe I can go somewhere else and I could dominate there. I only got to compete with Russ. I'm not trying to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year in the regular season before I even make it to the playoffs. Because right there, those two games could be the reason why you don't make the playoffs. That's why I don't
4: understand the whole thing with Aaron uh, uh, Rodgers either. Look, but the, this is why they're NFL quarterbacks, right? They have confidence in their abilities. Yeah, sometimes. And it's not like the cupboards are bare in Denver. They just, they really just don't have a quarterback. That's really the only thing they're missing from being a really. Competitive team.
3: They don't have a Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey on their team either. They don't have an Andy Reid either.
4: They don't have an Andy Reid either. They got a good running game. They got a decent defense. I mean, really, to be competitive, they are only missing a quarterback.
3: Now, they're missing the biggest, a lot the biggest they, piece. they got Vic Fangio I mean, as their as their that's, head coach. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> story. There, there's a, no there's a big difference that's between what choice. they got and what Kansas City has. I understand the confidence in that squad, but. Man, there is a whole there's a whole ass difference between what Denver's got and what the Chiefs got. Oh, great. and it is vastly different from what you're dealing with when you're if you're playing them once a year and then another time in the playoffs. I would not want to go to the AFC West not as long as Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is there. Let me wait until the playoffs and let's see what happens. Coming up next, I'm gonna tell you why we don't need to rush Bobby Witt Jr. Up to the major leagues.
0: Bink at night.
3: Final few minutes here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero filling in for Bink, who has had a hell of a week. Filling in on Cody and Gold, putting those hours in, putting hours in. Filling, he was filling in on Cody and Gold earlier this week, and then he was doing Bink at night
4: as well. Can never I, have too much Bink.
3: Ah, oh yeah, man. Can't have too much, but he is—he's been working his ass off this week. He deserves a night off, and I am very happy he's getting it tonight. Jay Southland Toast Service text line 913-576-7610.
4: Ooh, I pissed some people off in the last second. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. It's a a shocker here. Can't say I don't disagree with them.
3: (laughs) Somebody said, uh, quoting me, I'm a Florida fan. I used to be a KU basketball fan. What a joke. I agree. I agree, guys. He's a
4: joke. (laughs) Fair weather fan over here. Hey, I was a fan of
3: Florida before I was a fan. My my dad's a KU basketball fan, so I picked up that fandom there. I support you but 100%. I, but I am a reformed left. KU basketball fan. There's no such thing. Yeah, yeah it is. It's 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 actually very uh livable together. If you will. I actually don't watch much college basketball now. Except like the top prospects. I watch now. the top prospects, so, you know, I, I I see them play, but I'm I'm not a, I'm not rooting for anybody. Everybody, oh, who do you root for in college basketball? Nobody. I just watch the top prospects. Another person um Texted in. Uh, you're the worst type of sports fan out there. I mean, he's I guess. The worst. I guess he's the worst. I, I mean, agree. I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't often agree with the text line, but I agree. <laughs> I really. I really. I guess I am. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, man. Um, I, I've good it, job, text line. You're not the first. You guys aren't the first people to believe that. <laughs> you're not the first, first people to believe that, and you won't be the last people to believe that. But it is what it is, man. Uh, I love my Gators though. So before we wrap up here and Vern takes over at 7:30 with Vern's on deck show. I do want to get into Bobby Wood Jr. The hype around him starting to pick up here recently. Uh, He's been hitting a lot of home runs, and a lot of people are really excited about that. Uh, He hit one, I think it was yesterday, and they called him out at the plate because they said he didn't touch home plate, which, like, upon replay, that's a very suspect call there, which there have been a lot of suspect calls in uh, Major League Baseball this year, Uh, many of them pertaining to the Royals, and, uh, you know, it's... Very much hurt the team and has been kind of embarrassing for Major League Baseball. But a lot of people now are picking up on the hype again that we had in spring training with the, are we going to bring up uh, Bobby Wood Jr.? And I understand why we would do that. I don't even think it's a baseball thing as much. Like, certainly for some people, it's a baseball thing. I think it is we've been hearing so much about Bobby Witt Jr. as being a five-tool player, like a real great player. Not just like a really good player, like a really, really good player like we had with Lorenzo Cain or with Eric Hosmer, where those guys weren't like iconic players in baseball. They were really damn good. Like, you know, good wins above replacement numbers, very important guys on the team. And when those guys left the team, the team fell off. They fell off a cliff when 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 they lost those guys. But... Bobby Witt Jr. is like the first player, first Royals player in my lifetime that I think people are looking at as potentially being like a a potential Mike Trout type player, a generational player that could change the fortunes of a franchise if he gets it together. And I feel like people here are, have kind of grown accustomed and maybe even addicted to that feeling of having a superstar player because we have it already with our NFL team with the Kansas City Chiefs. We have that with Patrick Mahomes, where we've become so accustomed to having that great player and the attention that comes with it that we want more of it. And we want a Bobby Witt Jr. on this team that can help this team become great. So that's why I think that we need to have, people really need to have a a Bobby Witt Jr. here in the major leagues because people really want that superstar player that's going to be on TV. That's going to be in the commercials. Every time we watch television now, like every time I watch uh, like State Farm commercials, Patrick Mahomes is in there squirting ketchup on his steak or or in some uh, or, you know, playing bag toss and promising. Uh, what is it? Jake from State Farm, you know, tickets to, uh, you know, the Chiefs game like that's what he's doing now. I feel like that's what people want. They want that star player, and that's why they want him up. We shouldn't rush it. Thanks to Julio Sanchez for doing all the hard work on the other side. Thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your day to listen to us. I'm Christian Ocero. This was Bink at Night. Vern's coming up next here on 610 Sports Radio and 610sports.com.
0: Bink at Night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.